amen good morning good evening good afternoon whatever time of day it is where you are let's begin with a word of prayer father we thank you for this day we thank you for the power of your holy spirit we thank you lord god for your word uh that word that is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path lord Father, I pray for your anointing. I pray that you would lead us and that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit into all the truth. Father, I pray for those out there that's dealing with COVID-19, Lord, that you would keep them safe. I pray for those that have lost loved ones, that you would comfort their hearts, that you would be real to them, Lord, and that you would give them what they need in this time of sadness and this time of grief. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you, Lord, would bring us, all of us together in unity as one human race. And Lord, that there will be no bickering and no prejudice against one another and that there will be no separation. Uh, but Lord, that we would realize that from one blood, you made all races, all, all men to dwell on all the face of the earth, no matter what color we are. Father, no matter where we came from in this world. Lord, we're still one in you, Lord. We're one race of people. So, Father, I just pray that you would minister to us, Lord, and that you would help us to minister to you, Lord, to serve you, to wait on you, to, to, to give our lives to doing what you have put us here on this earth to do. Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to not be selfish people, Lord, but to be a people, Lord, that are dead to ourselves, even as your son Jesus said that and if any man come after him or woman, that they must take up their cross and follow him. That they must be crucified in the flesh, that all of our fleshly desires must die. Lord, our will must die. Our inclinations must die to the point to where we're just totally sold out to you, to what you want us to do and where you want us to go, what you want us to be, what you want us to say. Lord, help us to be that kind of people, Lord, that are just sold out to you, Lord. Father, I pray that you would anoint me for this podcast episode, Lord, that your word would come forth out of my mouth, Lord, that you would speak forth out of this vessel, knowing, Lord, that only as you speak, Lord, that there is revelation. Lord, we don't just need information, but we need revelation, along with that information. So, Father, we pray that you would, uh, Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Give us eyes to see. Give us a heart to understand what it is that you want to convey and that you want to tell us on today. So, Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that you've joined me again today uh, for this podcast. I am excited about this podcast, and in my earlier Christian life, I wish that I had had someone to to help me along the way and to show me uh, some things in the Word of God. We know that only the Holy Spirit can truly give us revelation of those things, but there are some uh, experiences that others have had that they could share with us. Amen. Because in my earlier Christian life, I spent a lot of times in what I've been talking to you about uh, in the soulish realm, which is the realm where our emotions are, the realm where our desires are. 
and our our inclinations uh, and our appetites, uh, the 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 nephish, the soulish life, you know. And a lot of times, as Christians, uh, we may make mistakes. Just say, for instance, uh, we may make a mistake, or the mistake is a sin, what have you, and we feel condemned about that thing. And we and, and then the devil helps us out and begins to tell us that God can't use us anymore because we sinned and God, uh, you know, he's angry with us and God doesn't want to have anything to do with us and all that kind of thing. But that's when we're living in our soulish realm and the devil can play games with us. But we have to remember that it's not about emotions, but it's about what's written in his word. Uh, we may feel a certain way about God, but yet if we would read his word, his word will tell us how he is, how his personality is, how his disposition is. And then we will find out that God says that, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, but a lot of the times, the enemy, as I forestated, would play games with us and make us think that God is angry with us, that God doesn't want to have anything to do with us, uh, that, that God is through with us and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, even I'm reminded when uh, when Peter denied Jesus, when he was out, out in the courtyard and Jesus was going to be crucified. or Well, at that point, he was going to be put on trial and later crucified and rose again on the third day. But Peter was out there and the servant girl asked Peter, she said, aren't you one of those men that were with him, with Jesus, with Yeshua? And G and Peter said, I don't know him. And, uh, and then the servant girl pressed him and she said, but you sound just like them. I believe you're one of them. And he swore with an oath that he did not know Jesus. But prior to that, Jesus had already told Peter that he was going to deny him. And Peter said, oh, no, Lord, I will never deny you. And I truly believe that Peter believed what he was saying, that he would not deny Jesus. But Peter had not graduated to the point where he had learned to get out of his soulish realm, out of his emotions and out of his feelings. And that caused him to stumble and to fall. But Jesus had already told him before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. But after Peter had denied Jesus, I'm sure Peter probably thought Jesus was finished with him, that he didn't want to have anything else to do with him. And Peter went out and wept. But when Jesus found Peter out fishing, you know, and, and Peter was, was cooking some fish on the seashore and, and Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these? And, and uh, he asked him, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know, I love you. And he asked him three times. Peter denied him three times. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And then he asked him, do you love me more than these? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. So, uh, you know, as a as a younger Christian, I experienced some things. And in, in, uh, as far as uh, believing that my emotions were telling me the truth when in essence they were not. Oh, so like I said, I wish that I'd had someone to tell me what I'm telling you right now, 
but thank God that he taught me. Amen. Uh, now, uh, I, I just want to share some things with you all uh, as far as the word of God. Yeshua, Jesus, which Yeshua is his Hebrew name. Jesus is his English name. When he came on the scene in ancient uh, Jerusalem, uh, he handpicked 12 men who were used to living in their fleshly senses. Did you hear what I say? He picked 12 men and he didn't pick eight. He didn't pick five. He didn't pick six. But we know that 12 is a uh, is in a divine order of things because in the Old Testament or in the former covenant, you see that there were 12 uh, tribes of Israel. Uh, but Jesus picked, handpicked 12 men who were used to living in their fleshly senses. And he introduced to them teachings that came from God, his father, who is spirit. And these men, as I forestated, they were used to living in their natural senses. Uh, in John chapter 18, we see Peter, uh, when he was with Jesus in the garden, when uh, they came out there, the soldiers came out there to get Jesus and to bring him and to put him on trial before Herod uh, and before Pilate. And in John chapter 18, verse seven, it says, then asked he them again, Jesus asking, asking the soldiers, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Speaking of his disciples, he said, if you're seeking me, then let the disciples go their way that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them, which thou gavest me, have I lost none. Uh, verse 10 says, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, put up thy sword into the sheep, the cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And so Jesus didn't respond to Peter saying, good job, or I'm glad you did that, or I'm glad I have you with me. But Jesus responded to Peter and told him to put up his knife, put up his sword Put it back into the sheath and back into the skins where he where the knife should have been uh, placed. And so, you know, Peter loved Jesus and Peter automatically was uh, infuriated or became angry or became offended that they the soldiers were coming out there to 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 arrest Jesus. And Peter uh, uh, responded out of his emotions. He responded out of his soulish realm. And so Jesus told him to put it up. 
So we see that Peter was handling things the way that he probably was used to handling situations. <coughs> now, uh, I also want to point your attention to uh, James and John, two of Jesus's other disciples. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 51, it says, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. Speaking of Jesus, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem uh, and sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Now, listen, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save such as were lost. This was diametrically opposed to Jesus's mission, but this is how it is when you're operating it out of emotions and out of uh, appetites and physical desires and things like that. They said, Lord, should we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias or Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them. You see how Jesus handled these guys? He turned and he rebuked them. He didn't say Good job. You know, some people sometimes when they're in the flesh and operating in the flesh and somebody may do something on a job or or, or in, in, in your home or whatever, you know, and you and you respond out of the flesh. And sometimes, uh, you know, we, we say WWJD, what would Jesus do? You know, and, and we kind of uh, justify our actions or whatever. But Jesus did not uh, uh, rubber stamp what these guys were saying. It, the Bible says he turned and he rebuked them and said, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. Listen to what he tells them. You know not which what manner of spirit ye are of. For the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. You see. I mean, you know, a lot of times we, we, we handle things uh, in our flesh because that's what we're used to. We're used to living in the flesh. And, and this, in this episode and, and, the, and the following episodes that, that we're going to be looking at, uh, the podcast title is Realms and the Trichotomy of Mankind. Realms and the Trichotomy of Mankind, which man is uh, body, soul and spirit body, soul, and spirit. There's more to us than that. Of course, we have our heart, which is our mind. Uh, uh, but we have to remember that, you know, like the scripture I read, I think it was last week uh, when out of Thessalonians, when he said, may your whole body, soul, and spirit be preserved blameless until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus did not pick perfect people. And we have to remember even now, even some of us who have been in the Lord for years and years and years, we are still not perfect people. And at times we still get into our soulish realm, but we have to learn to control ourselves. We have to learn to, uh, to, to, to command 
control over our emotions, over our desires. We can't let our desires control us. We have to control our desires. We can't let our emotions control us, even though we may feel like in some senses we're justified. But yet, if we would measure it up by the word of God, would Jesus turn and rebuke us or would he say, good job? <clears throat> you see, excuse me, these men were still operating in what is called by the Bible, the natural man. They were still operating in what is called by the Bible, the natural man. They were immersed in their society, the, the culture and the customs, both secular uh, and spiritual. They were used to a certain way of life, just as, as we are. We're used to a certain way of life. But even though we're used to that way of life, there ought to be a change that is happening in our lives. It, and sometimes it's not overnight. It's a, it's a gradual change. It's, it's a process. But there ought to be a change that's happening in our lives. You think about it. For however many years that we have lived in our flesh, before we met Jesus, before we were born again, before we came to the knowledge of the truth, and we were used to doing these things. And, you know, most uh, psychologists and psychiatrists and things like that, they would say that it takes 30 days to form a habit. It takes 30 days to form a habit. Now, how long have we been living the way we've been living? I'm sure it's been more than 30 days. And so now we have to learn a whole new way of living, of life, of responding, of being uh, and of operating in this world. But these men were still operating in what is called the natural man. They were immersed in their society, in their culture, in their customs, both secular and spiritual. They were used to a certain way of life, but now they had to learn uh, something new and quite foreign to them. The disciple in Hebrew are called the Talmudim. In Hebrew, the name disciple uh, is Talmudim, which is a plural name for disciple in the Hebrew. In the truest sense, those who leave uh, 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 family to study and follow ways of their teacher, rabbi, or what have you, these, these were the disciples. They, they left their family uh, and, they, and they left the ones that they loved to go and follow Jesus. Jesus saw these fellas as he was by the Sea of Galilee and he called them and they left everything to go and follow him and learn his teaching. But not only to learn from his words, but to learn from his lifestyle. They, uh, studied, they, they studied not only to learn what the teacher knows, <coughs> excuse me, but to become the type of man their teacher is. Did you hear what I said? They go and they study under their rabbi, which was Jesus for these disciples. Jesus was their rabbi. They went to study under him, not only to learn what he knew, but to become the type of man that he is. Jesus instructed them. He taught them from the word of God. Uh, and, you know, let me tell you something. To be a Christian is to be a disciplined person. To be a Christian is to be a disciplined person. That's where 
the word uh, disciple comes from. The word disciple has to do with discipline. In the Greek, the word disciple uh, is a learner or a pupil in the Greek. The Greek word for disciple is mathetes, uh, which means that uh, it, it comes from a word that really it has to also do with mathematics. It has to do with the mental effort needed to think something through properly is a a a a learner uh a disciple a follower of christ who learns the doctrines of scripture and the lifestyle they require uh someone uh catechizes them uh with proper instruction from the bible with its necessary follow-through or life applications now I looked up this word in uh, on the online dictionary or the etymology dictionary. Uh, etymology online is what it's actually called. And I looked up the word discipline or, yes, discipline. The old English word is disciple. Uh, the feminine is disapula. One who follows another for the purpose of learning. This is what... A disciple is one who follows another for the purpose of learning, especially the personal followers of Jesus Christ during his life. The 12 apostles chosen or called by him to be his immediate associates, a biblical borrowing from the Latin uh, disciplus, pupil, student, follower, which is of certain origin. And it also means to be trained, to be disciplined, or to be trained. Now, in this episode, I really want to talk to you about, uh, you know, the uh, realms and the trichotomy of man. But the real thing that I want to talk about is the exercise of our spiritual senses. The exercise of our spiritual senses, because the Bible talks about the outer man, but the Bible also talks about what is called the inner man. Talks about the outer man, but the Bible also talks about the inner man. Paul said that bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. He said bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Now, let me say this. Just like we have a uh, physical uh, diet, we also need to have a spiritual diet. All of this has to do we're training our senses. Uh, if you remember, and in the former covenant, or some people might say the Old Testament, remember when Daniel and his friends were, uh, were uh, brought on trial by King, I believe it was Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he wanted them 
to do like all the rest of his kingdom and bow down and worship this image of him and Daniel and his three Hebrew friends would not bow down to worship that image. Uh, also, they would not eat the king's foods and they had a certain diet that they requested of the king. And so the king gave them what they wanted. They didn't eat the fine meats and and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, all the dainty foods and and uh, 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 the stuff that was set before the king's officials and, and his servants and things like that. But Daniel and his friends asked for a uh, uh, a specific diet. And. And so it was granted to them. And the Bible said that they were their complexion looked better than everybody else. But not only that, but their mental capacities were even sharper. The Bible tells us about diet and things that we should eat and things we shouldn't eat. And believe me, there is a reason. You may not see the correlation, but there is a reason why the Bible tells us those things. Uh, it, some of those foods dulled our senses. And so, you know, there, there are certain things that, that we just cannot do. There are certain things that we just cannot eat. And just like we exercise in the gym and get our physical body into shape, we need to exercise our senses and get them into shape also. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the verses well, uh, that talks about this exercise or this disciplining of our senses is the, the Greek word. It's gumnazo. It means to exercise or to train when we talk in Hebrews about having our senses exercise, the word is gumnazo. Uh, it's where we get our word gym from gymnasium. Uh, it means to train. Uh, it also means to train with one's full effort. It also means with complete physical uh, emotional force like when working out intensely in a gymnasium. It also means to exert intense, intensely like a pro athlete uh, presumes full discipline necessary to be in top working condition, uh, full agility, skill and endurance. This is, uh, this is gained only from constant rigorous training and exercise conveys acquiring proficiency through practice. You know, it's just like anything else. It's just like the sports player. And, and Paul, uh, the apostle, was big on sports and things like that. But it's just like the sports player. They go and they make slam dunks and they make uh, free throws and layups and all that kind of stuff. But they don't just go out there and it just happens. No, they have to go in the gym and they have to practice and they have to practice and they have to practice and they have to work at it. And they have to put in the time that it takes to get better, to get their skills honed to the point to where they can do these things. And, you know, uh, 
there is no exception. There is no shortcuts. There is no way around it. If you want to be good and if you want to have your skills the way they should be, then you have to go and practice and get into the gym and work out. And it's the, it's the same way in the Christian life. We have to practice. We have to put in the time. We have to do the things that it takes to get our senses uh, to the point where they should be. You know, when we, when we were born into this world as human beings, we came into this world with certain things already built in. We came here with our five senses. What are those? They, you know, we came here with the sense of sight. We came here with the sense of sound. We came here with the sense of taste. We came here with the sense of touch. And we came here with the sense of hearing. Now, the Bible, as I forestated, says that there is an outer man and there is an inner man. Even as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, I believe it is chapter 15, when he says that though our outward man perishes, our inward man is renewed day by day. Even though our outward man perishes, our inward man is renewed day by day. The Bible says that we are to work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I stated that we came here with certain things already built in our five senses. You take that and turn that inside out. When we're born again, we're born again with certain things that are already built in. You have the outer man. You have the inner man. The inner man is you, but the inner man is more permanent and more eternal than the outer man. And just like we have senses in the outer man or in our flesh man, uh, we have senses in our spiritual man. Just like we have sight, we have visual, we have revelation in the spirit. Paul said, I would, and I, I, I think I mentioned this last week. Paul said that I would, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of your calling, the eyes of your understanding. So we have sight in the natural, we have revelation which is spiritual sight in the spirit we have sound in the natural which is the audible ability or the 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 spiritual ability to hear what the spirit of god is saying to us because even as i mentioned before jesus said many times when he was teaching he said you that have ears to hear let him hear and how are we going to have ears to hear if we if we don't get around Jesus, if we don't spend time with Jesus, if we don't lock ourselves in away from everybody else and just spend time with him and learn his voice? You know, I, certain people that are, that's in my life, I don't have to have somebody to tell me almost in a crowd who that is talking or who that is laughing because I spent so much time around them that my ears automatically pick up their voice where it is no different in the spirit that if we spend a quantity of time and good time with Jesus then we will learn to hear his voice he said in John 10 uh, uh I believe it's verse 10 the thieves come not but to steal kill and destroy but then he said I've come that you might have life and life more abundant but he also said in that same passage of scripture he said my sheep hear my voice and they know me also, in the natural, when we were born, we had the sense of taste. In the spiritual realm, we also, in our spirit man, 
we have the sense of taste, which is discernment. In the natural man, we have the sense of touch, of feeling. But we also have the sense of touch in the spirit man because we have faith. And what did Jesus say when that woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched him? He said, somebody touched me. And one of his disciples told him, he said, now you have all these people around you and you're saying that somebody touched you. Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. They didn't just bump up against me. They didn't just grab my clothes, but, but there was virtue that went out from me. There was a connection that was made. And so the way that we touch what God has for us in the spirit is by faith. The Bible says, read it in Hebrews chapter 11. These all died in faith. They having embraced the promises. They didn't embrace them with their natural hands, with their natural touch, but they embraced them by faith. In the natural man, we have this, the, the sense of hearing. In the spiritual man, we have, <clears throat> I'm sorry, in the, in the natural man, we have the, the sense of touch. We covered that. Uh, we also have uh, the sense of hearing uh, and also taste in the natural man. So we have discernment, but we are, uh, and that tells us whether something is good or something bad. In the natural man, you can sniff a carton of milk when, it, when it's going bad and tell that it's going bad. But in the spirit, let me tell you, you might not always know that something is, uh, what some, why something is bad or how bad it really is. But in the spirit, man, you'll feel like, oh no, something just not, it's just not right about this. Something is just not right. That's called discernment. That's called discernment. And, and, and God gives that to us to help us to maneuver and to know what to partake of and what not to partake of. And so, you know, uh, when it comes to the spiritual life, the spiritual life to me, this, 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 this is, this is, uh, my personal opinion. First of all, there is only one way to God. There is only one God, matter of fact. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul says to the church at Ephesus, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because <clears throat> on our journey, uh, when we start experiencing spiritual things, uh, we, you know, some people get sidetracked and they figure that they can get into all this uh, hocus pocus type stuff and get into all these different religions and things like that and say that they they can still uh, find God. No, 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 no. Because there is only one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but that's the truth. In 2 Timothy 4.3, Paul uh, writes to Timothy and he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they draw to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, some of the things 
that God will show us in the spirit by revelation or that we'll hear when, when our ears are attuned to hear his voice. We may not like those things that he's telling us. But let me tell you something that when the prophet prophesies or when the spirit gives revelation, it's not all about a nice car or a nice house and all those kind of things. Sometimes it's about sin in a person's life. Sometimes it's about somebody that's about to die. Sometimes it's about somebody that's going wrong and, and, uh, and God is trying to bring them back. There, there's a multitude of, of reasons why God gives us revelation and the type of revelation that he gives us. And so we need to remain, uh, 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 have our vision set on God and not off on all these tangents and different things that people get into. In the book of Deuteronomy, which is uh, Sefer Devarim, that's the name, the Hebrew name of the book of Deuteronomy, which was, you know, a couple of addresses that Moses gave to the children of Israel uh, right before his death and a couple of the uh, literary things that's in there. But he says, Hear, O Israel, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, which the word here is Shema, hear and do. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Mark 12, 29 says, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our... I'm sorry. Hear, O Israel... The Lord, our God, is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Mark 12, 29. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. Psalms 86, 10 says, for you are great and perform wonders. You alone are God. First Timothy chapter 2 says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. John 10 and 30 says, but ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and know them and they follow me and I will give and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And my father and my father are one. I and my father are one. Philippians 2, 8 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the, uh, the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself uh, and became obedient unto death, even the death of <clears throat> the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Now, 1 Peter 2, 21 says, For even hereto, or hereunto, were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Peter says that Jesus suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Let's just uh, take a look at Jesus's disciplines and spiritual exercise in his life. In Hebrews chapter five, verse seven, as it says, as he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation, talking about Jesus, unto all them that, <coughs> excuse me, that obey him, called of God and a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. That's Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. Mark 1, we're still talking about your spiritual senses and exercising them, working them out, bringing them into the gym and getting them in fit shape. Amen. Mark chapter 1. It says in verse 35, and in the morning, talking about Jesus, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. Peter said we ought to follow his steps. This is what Jesus did uh, in exercising his spiritual senses. Uh, it says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed him or followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. He's getting famous. He's getting popular. Who, who doesn't love uh, fame and popularity? And he said unto them, let us go into the next towns. He didn't say, let's hang around. I'm getting popular, fellas. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say people are starting to love me and all this kind of thing. They're saying my name and all of that. But Jesus had got his instructions in prayer from his father. And so now he knows what steps to take. He says, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth <coughs> and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Ain't that something? Jesus didn't hang around because he was getting popular, but he had gotten his marching orders in prayer. He was he had heard from his father in prayer. Now, here's another scripture that I'd like to share with you all in Luke chapter five and verse 17. It says, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. He said, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and shew thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame, he was getting more famous uh, abroad of him, and great testimony 
unto him, but so much the more when he uh, there went a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him in of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Did you hear that? Gee, all these people coming out to Jesus after he healed this man with leprosy. But Jesus was so disciplined and he disciplined him, his flesh and his senses to such a point to where he knew that he had to understand fully. He had to hear fully uh, what Jesus was saying. What I'm sorry, what God was saying to him. Now, some people might say, well, how is Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit the same? You know, I'll explain it this way. It's just like water. Water can be in three forms. It could be uh, 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 it could be vapor. It could be uh, solid, frozen, or it could be liquid water, but it's still the same water. But, you know, uh, Jesus uh, heard from his father in heaven. He said, I don't do anything except that which I hear my father doing. All too often as Christians, we're saying, oh, I feel like this is the right thing to do. Oh, my, uh, my, my emotions are telling me that I should do this or my flesh is telling me that I should do that. But we're so accustomed to our flesh, but we're not, many of us are not that accustomed to hearing the voice of God. We have to do the same thing that Jesus did. Now, now, some people may say that's Jesus, but remember, we just read a verse of scripture that said he emptied himself being found in, in fashion as a man. He emptied himself and became obedient. Jesus was look, he was as much man as you and I are, because if he was not, then he could not expect for us to do the things that he did. But he said that uh, these things that I do shall you do and greater things than these shall you do because I go to my father. Now, granted, it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. But what happened when John was baptizing Jesus in the Jordan? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form. And so what happened? At the, at the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, uh, the, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And the Holy Spirit came and set upon each of them. And it appeared as tongues of fire. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit appear, appeared as a dove. When the disciples went up a room, he appeared as tongues of fire. Well, let me tell you something. They had they had the same Holy Spirit that put Jesus inside of Mary. They had the same Holy Spirit that Joel talked about in the former covenant in Joel chapter two and verse 28. When he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons shall uh, 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 shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my handmaiden and my servant, I shall pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy we have the same holy ghost lord have mercy luke chapter 18 verse 1 jesus has spoke a parable about a woman who went to an unjust judge and an unjust judge didn't fear god and he didn't fear man but that woman kept coming to him day after day after day after day and then she said, he said to his bailiff, he said, give this woman what she want unless she wear me out. So in Luke chapter 18 is where you find this parable of this woman before his unjudged judge. But listen at verse uh, number one, Jesus, it says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. 
Let me tell you something. If we want to do the works that Jesus did, if we want to be powerful in spirit like Jesus was, if we want to do the things that Jesus did, then we have to do all of the things that Jesus did, including disciplining himself to get up early in the morning and pray. To get up early in the morning and seek God, to get up early in the morning and not only just just pray and talk, but allow God to talk to us. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. This is one of the things that he taught. This is one of the disciplines that sharpened their spiritual senses is when Jesus taught them to pray. But it's one of the things that the church does the least. And I know because in my own life, at times I have allowed my prayer life to slip. Now you think about it that, you know, we get excited when we talk to important people and people in in high offices and as we as they call them high but anyway we get all excited about those things but what about the god that made the universe what about the god that spoke the the world into existence what about the god that, that said let there be light and there was light what about the god that that separated the light from the day and and, and he called the night the light uh, he called the darkness night and the day he called uh the light he called day what about that we should really get excited about that. I have an opportunity to talk to God. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter six, and we'll close with this. He told his disciples, but when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of, before you ask him, God already saw it. Uh, he said, and after this manner, therefore pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done uh, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will forgive also forgive you. But if ye, for, uh, but if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father uh, forgive your trespasses. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Jesus was disciplined. Every disciple in the Bible was disciplined. The apostle Paul was disciplined. We cannot reach a place of maturity in Jesus. We cannot reach a, a place of maturity in Christ if we are not disciplined. If we don't go and work out if we don't spend time in his presence, if we don't do the things that Jesus did, if we don't discipline ourselves like he did, because a lot of the times we allow our flesh to run away with us. We allow our emotions to be all over the place based upon what we are looking at, based upon what our eyes see and our ears hear and all that kind of thing. That's why I say even with this coronavirus, with this thing that's going around right now, with this COVID-19 if we look at it in the flesh <clears throat> with our natural senses, with our natural eyes, with our natural ears, if we listen to what's going on and all that kind of thing, we will get discouraged. We will get in our soulish realm. We will get emotional, fearful, fretful, uh, anxiety, can't sleep and all that kind of stuff. But if we exercise that spirit man and allow that spirit man to hear from heaven and allow that spirit man to see 
with spiritual eyes what's going on in the spirit realm, then we will be bold. We will be steadfast. We will be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because we see something that other people can't see because they're still functioning in the natural man, but we have learned to function in the spiritual man. It takes time. It doesn't come overnight. It takes time. It takes work. It takes effort, just like in the, in the natural it takes effort. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes getting in there and working out to the point to where you can build up those muscles and they're big and strong. But it doesn't just come by wishing, by wanting, but it comes by working. The Bible says, work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. There are too many Christians that they 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 they, they are caught up and and Really, what's the difference? When you look at the lifestyle of most Christian people and you look at the lifestyle of unsaved people, what is the difference as far as how they handle things, as far as how they look at things, as far as how things affect them? Is there any difference? Can you see a difference? We ought to be able to. And let me tell you something. We have to learn to walk in the spirit because if we don't, then the, then the flesh will run away with us. We don't owe the flesh anything. Jesus crucified all of that at the cross. But he said, Paul said we have to die daily. Jesus crucified the power of sin at the cross. If we walk in the same spirit that Jesus walked in, then that sin won't have any dominion over us. But we have to walk just like Jesus walked. Now, that's just one of the disciplines that Jesus got up early in the morning and he sought God. He got up early in the morning and he got away from the disciples. He got away from the people. He got away from everybody. And he said, look, I'm going into my closet, so to speak, and I'm going to spend time with my father. If we don't spend time with God, we won't be able to know his voice. We won't be able to recognize his voice. Evidently, Adam spent time with G with God and with Jesus because of the simple fact that the Bible says that when Adam had sinned and then God came into the garden, Adam said, I heard you. I didn't just hear a sound. I heard. I know what I heard. I heard you. And that's what God wants us to get to, not to where we have to sin to hear him, but to where we can hear him, where we not not where we're not saying Oh, I, I heard something. I feel something. I think something. I, I suppose something. But God wants us to get to the point to where we say, no, I heard him. I know I heard him. That's what God wants us to get to. Until next time, if you want to reach out uh, to me, that you could, you could do that by email. R-E-V-K-E-V-A-N-D-T-H-E-R-R-R-O-O-T. Revcab in the root. 2020 at gmail.com revkev and the root 2020 at gmail.com also don't forget about the website that i'm working on uh we have a few things up there it's uh revkev and the root dot wordpress dot com revkev and the root dot wordpress dot com god bless you until next time lord keep your people bless them watch over them lord help all of us to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh in jesus name amen